sports cards is a wild hobby. Strap in and welcome to the podcast, setting its sights on every corner of collecting. Cousin Oz, the people's mailman. Cousin Tony, the architect. And Shane Norton, a.k.a. the sports card nobody, have joined forces to form one of the baddest trios in the hobby. I'm Deep Voice Guy, and let me be the first to welcome you to The Faction. Listen, it's uh, it's like way past ten o'clock when we're recording this, so I'm I'm a drink in this first show. I'm I'm doing with a drink in my hand, deep voice guy. If you'd like a drink with me, come on and get one. But here we are, the faction episode number three. I'm sitting here with cousin Tony, the architect, cousin Oz, the people's mailman, and me. I'm Shane Norton, aka the sports card nobody. And yeah, we're coming up on Christmas, gentlemen. Recording the third episode. Of the greatest alliance in the history of collecting podcasts, the faction powered by the NCO. Tony, how the hell are you doing? I'm good, brother. Excited to be here. Episode three. We got a lot to talk about. We got some grail cards to talk about. We got some football to talk about. So I'm not going to get too far into it, but I'm feeling good. And, you know, let's let's get it popping. What about you, Oz? How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, bro, this is what I look forward to. These these monthly get-togethers, because I know it's going to be fire, brother. We got a lot of great topics. It's going to be off the hook. Trust me. You're not going to want to miss this one. This is going to be great. That's right. All right, listen, Tony, you just said something about football. You talking football? You talking football? Football, folks. There was a big football match or oh, a, a pitch yeah. or something. I don't know. What, what happened <laughs> out there in Qatar? Yeah, yeah. Football. Uh, yeah, man, that was, I, I, you know, we're talking world cup and I'm sure that's going to be a big popular subject this week. I was glued to that match start to finish that thing. If, if, if it was like, if soccer was, please let this thing be cool. Maybe we'll gain new fans. That was definitely it. Cause man, you had Messi and Mbappe and both guys shine. It's rare when you get like a, a match like that, where you get the two best. Well, I don't know if they're the two best team. I mean, France, obviously a superpower and Argentina good too, but I, I guess number one was uh, Brazil, but still to when you get two teams like that, you hope that it lives up to the hype and that thing did. And then some, yeah, listen, I don't know anything about soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that now this is over. We can all stop pretending we actually care. Is that, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> now, nah, all right, listen, I'm one. hating. I'm hating. You're not the only one saying that. But I love storylines. I love human, you know, the, you know, human stories and all that sorts of stuff. So I'll, I'll be for real. Seeing Messi, I mean, I, I think he's the goat or one of the best ever. I don't, I don't actually know that. I know him and like Maradona get linked up a lot. And him and Ronaldo with, you know, that sort of rivalry or whatever it was. But Messi finally winning the four, the, the uh, his first World Cup up against Mbappe, who is I think he's like 23 years old, a lot younger than I am. Dude is, I think, the best footballer in the world. And they went head-to-head. I mean, Mbappe had a hat trick. Um, Messi had, I think, two goals in, in that. I think they're calling one of the greatest finals in World Cup history. I don't know anything about it. Seemed awesome. Yeah. Listen, bro. I haven't watched a soccer game in my entire life. Oh, Today was the first time I sat down. And that's live and on TV. I watched it. I said, what the hell? was right before the Eagles game. Let me see what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And I was enthralled, bro. I was I was captivated. 
just how you know these guys came out Argentina they went up 2-0 I was like ah yeah Flip the channel out. came back now it's like 2-2 I said what the hell just happened I guess you know France scored uh two goals in 90 seconds where they they were both Mbappe right Mbappe but, yeah I think one was a penalty kick and one mm -hmm. was a not penalty kick yeah, I seen that, and that's where the the highlight when I seen the not penalty kick, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, this we got a game here." So then from that point on, I was like, "Ooh, we they going back and forth," and yo, Mbappe's a beast. Yeah, well, he, had, he had four, like he had the three, right? He had the hat trick, and then he had the one penalty kick. One penalty kick, and yeah. then Messi had three, right? Yeah, I yeah, two, two right. during the match, and then yeah. one in the penalties. Yeah, yeah, those but, penalty uh, kicks. I, I like this. watching that, man. Before we actually kick off the show, what do you think about the the final of the biggest tournament in the world of any sport, right? I mean, we this is bigger than anything else that we have in America is, is the biggest tournament in the world, ending on penalty kicks. A lot of people frown at that, you know, ending something in a shootout. I mean, is, is what if the Super Bowl was ended on, um, you know, a field goal contest is, is kind of <laughs> the, the analogy. What do you think about that? That's a good question. And I always debate that too. And I'm like, why do we, it's always strange to me why we play a whole game. And when we get to overtime, things change. Mm -hmm. It's like baseball doesn't do that. I'll give baseball props to that. Well, they, well, they, well, they started that funky thing with the guy on second. They, they got rid they of it. started that. with the pandemic. They, right. now, it still happened during the regular season, but come playoffs, they get rid of it. Yep. Right. They got rid of it. So yeah, with the penalty kicks, it's cool. It's exciting. But I'm like, man, just keep playing. And I understand soccer is a little bit of a low. It's tough to score. So you might be there for you could be there for a week playing the match. So I guess in the interest of moving things along, I understand why they do it. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I just just keep playing the game. I, like, I hate when the NFL does that same thing. It's like, dude, just put 10 minutes on the clock and just play football. At the end of the 10 minutes, whoever, if somebody scores, then, then great. But I, I just hate when it gets these funky things, then they change it. So I'm not – I like – it's cool, it's exciting, but I'd rather just have them keep playing. Yeah, you know, in soccer, the only thing that I have to have the big question about is why it's not sudden death because Argentina went up 3-2 and, mm -hmm. then, and then it got tied and then we went in the penalty. It feels like soccer is a good sport where sudden death works. Football, I have my – you know, American football, I have my questions about it. Um, but in soccer, it feels like it would work. I don't know. I don't know much about soccer, so I should shut up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I disagree. I, I liked it. I thought it was exciting. You know, the guys had plenty of time <laughs> to freaking do what they had to do. It just ended up tough. Look, that was the best game ever. So you just seen the back and forth. These guys were exhausted. They were sweating. They were hurt. You know, people getting concussions, you know, getting hit in the back of the head, bumping each other in the back of the head. Like it was tripped everywhere. So, I mean, the intensity was insane. Listen, and then once it was all said and done, it's tied up. Now you got the penalty kicks. Now it's one-on-one. -on -one. And just to see how these guys go out and Bappe, you know, that, that kick that he did, he almost got blocked on that first one. Yeah. So he wasn't as – you could tell he was tired. But then Messi came out and he did some smooth stuff. And then, you know, the rest of the guys from Argentina were just on point. And you could just see, like, the looks on the guys from France once they started missing. And it's like, oh, damn, you know. I, hey, I liked it. I, I, I like the entire production. Then you look at the crowd going nuts and you know how crazy soccer fans right. can get. So yeah. it's like, man, at any point in time, that could just turn into, you know, people rushing the field and killing each other. So yeah. soccer is crazy, man. You may you, you might have turned me into a fan. Maybe. Doubt yeah. it, but maybe. Yeah, well, we saw some crazy stuff out of Australia. I won't get into that right now with the soccer stuff there. But absolutely, those fans are rabid. But all right, let's uh, let's try to move things along a little bit. One thing I want to touch on before we do, though, Cousin Oz, the people's mailman. You broke some news 
on one of your cousin's collectibles podcasts. And I don't want to sleep on it here on the faction, brother. Congratulations. About to be a grandpappy. Is that true? That is true, man. I just found out the news from my daughter. They they were actually here. We had a cousin's weekend where once a year during the holidays, all the cousins come to my house. I'm the, And it started when they were little kids, you know, four or five years old. They're now anywhere from uh, 16 to 24. So they're all grown ass people in my damn house, in their pajamas, you know, taking over. Uh, but, you know, it was I was actually blessed because not only is my daughter, you know, pregnant, we found out like her favorite cousin is pregnant as well. Same exact time. So now we're having, you know, two. So yeah, man, now to, but the, to be considered a grandfather, man, that's something I've never thought of that in my life. And here I am, you know, hopefully God willing, everything goes great. Uh, But yeah, once that baby comes, it's going to be, you know, Papa Oz in the house, like crazy. Dude, that's incredible. I'm so happy for you and your family. You know, I, I'm guessing we're getting more Eagles fans, which is not the best yes. thing in the world. Oh, you, but know, you know, know what? That. Yeah. We'll deal with it. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Old old man alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's official, bro. It's official, dog. I can't <laughs> I've been fighting Drink that my whole that. life. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Hey, and I want to ask you guys, uh, before we get to the first topic, a uh, little current state of the NFL, because mm. Oz Oz laid down the law on, on Mr. Purdy. Mr. Purdy. <laughs> I heard he's it. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He was purdy. He was purdy. He's looking real purdy out there. Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers quarterback number three on the depth chart. All of a sudden, can't lose a game. Hitting everybody. Doesn't turn the ball over. He's running the ball. Looks like, I don't know, mixture of Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady out there. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to win the Super Bowl. So sorry to shatter the dreams out there in Philly, but uh, uh, things are turning around, baby. Yo, who, to be a, who, who's a the, the quarterback for Washington? Uh, what, Tyler Heineke or Taylor yeah, he's Heineke? Like a poor man's Tyler Heineke, bro. Hey, <laughs> listen, I, all right, we'll see. I don't know what to say about <laughs> No, listen, listen. Brock <laughs> the best thing, the Brock, best thing Brock to come out of the his, World Cup. Brock is, Brock is doing his thing. Brock is doing it. I'm not, not going to take, like, like, seriously, the 49ers right now, especially with Dallas going down, which Oof. is yeah, <laughs> it's funny. That was a hell of a game. <laughs> I love it. They should have lost to the Houston Texans the week before. So Dallas is kind of in a tailspin right now. They're able to put up points, but their defense has become a little suspect. Mm. And Micah Parsons, we're coming for your ass. But <laughs> All right. Brock, right. pa- Brock Purdy, you know what I mean? He, he's definitely impressed. He's doing his thing. The Niners, your defense is is the best in the league. That's hands the story. Down. That's the yeah. story. The, the defense is the story. Listen, I'll, I'll have fun with the Brock Purdy storylines all day. Christian McCaffrey is the most dynamic running back in football. Debo, when he comes back, is the most dynamic wide receiver in football. He's not the best pure wide receiver at all, but from a versatility standpoint, nobody's better. George Kittle is a beast. Jawan Jennings is a third down beast. But it's the defense. It's the only thing that matters. Nick Bosa, I mean, maybe he sets the record for sacks. I get it. There's more uh, games this season. He's got a way to go. But absolute monster monster out there i mean it's that's the whole key defense is there we got a shot yeah tony your thoughts oh bro they're trash you think that they're gonna come to Philly and win are you serious bro get out of here easy <laughs> easy now who yeah, are the right? two who are the no, two playing these they scrubs played, they're playing they played, everybody's playing scrubs fugazi but, tampa bay yeah, just get out of here with this and who was the other one um, they just beat the Seahawks this week. 
and Fugazi. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> you know, they wrote him off, but he ain't right back. That was a story yeah, yeah. for a week. <laughs> That's true. Hey, right. enough of that pretty stuff. Uh, but yeah. while, while we're on the uh, the tip of, of congratulating people, Shane, congratulations. Big pickup for you this week. What I'm calling a, a grail card. We'll talk about that okay. a little bit. We will but, talk uh, about that. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm, it, it was, uh, by the, by, by the time this airs, you would have, you know, spoke about it on your show mm-hmm. this week. So again, and on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. So that yeah, was, uh, that it's was crazy. an interesting couple days, but congrats on the card. You know, if you, you know, talk about it a little bit, but, um, Bam. there it is, there it is. It, man. Wow. That's pretty. prism gold. Number to 10 gem mint PSA 10. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the congratulations because sincerely, you know, for, for y'all listening out there, this is by far the biggest card I've ever I've ever added to my collection. Um, it costs some cash and it costs some cards. It's trading cash, a lot of negotiation going back and forth to get it done. Um, this was a card that when it came out, you know, when this when when the set debuted, I had seen it and I thought to myself, I mean, that's that's a card that I would love to own. But I don't think that it's possible. I had Brett McGrath on my podcast, Sports Card Nobody podcast, um, maybe two weeks ago when this comes out. And he talked about how he doesn't let cards intimidate him. And I talked about how I'm the opposite. I see cards and I go, nope, that's not possible. I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and move Mosey on here. And this was one of those cards for me. The only person in the world I knew who had one was was Prism God. You know, huge, huge name in in the hobby. And then he gemmed it. So he had a pop one for a while, and then it became a pop two because of this one. This came on eBay. I let it sit because I looked at it and said, it's not possible. I let it sit, and it kept sitting. And finally, I was saying to myself, just send a message. And I did, and we negotiated. And then there was a really slow delivery process, which whatever. (laughs) I've talked about that on my podcast, but it finally arrived. I did the IG Live, and and I got it. And in my opinion, this is a top five Bret Hart card in the world, and it's you know, it's, it's the best card in my collection now. It, it pretty special, but, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the congratulations on that. I'm pretty Got proud it, of brother. it. Do you think the fact that it sat so long helped you make the deal? Probably, you know, I mean, I, I know that I've had cards sit right on eBay. You're trying to sell them and nobody's biting. You're not getting a lot of real traction. And then all of a sudden you get an offer. And I know that I've definitely seen an offer come in lower and think to myself, okay, let's just make something happen. I don't know if that's what happened here. Um, I couldn't even tell you exactly how long it sat, um, you know, to know if this person was really starting to, you know, just wanting to move it. But I know that they have other cards listed at high prices that have sat even a little bit longer. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly if it helped or not, but it did help make something happen or, you know, I was able to make a deal. The biggest part was that they were open to trade. So I was able to move a lot of stuff that uh, got it done. Yeah. Congratulations, brother. Thank I mean, you. I, like I said, I know, I know that was a big card for you and, you know, I'll, I'll kick it to you. Cause we we're kind of debating what is the whole yeah. real yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh finally getting into the show here. I don't know how far we are, but we'll finally, <laughs> we'll finally get into the faction show. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is what is a grail card? So I just pulled down this monster card. The best card in my collection. Is this a grail card? So this actually started from uh, what I saw, Cherry's Collectibles on Twitter. Big uh, store out in Australia. 
I mean, they are well ahead of everybody when it comes to getting the WWE product. So they've become uh, an account that I follow quite a bit. They posed the question debating about what a grail card is. And in their estimation, they were saying, essentially, take personal bias out of it, right? Let's stop, because what's a grail to Tony? What's a what's a, a grail to Oz? What's a grail to me? That can change. A personal opinion on what a grail card is is very different. But when you start to think more objectively, the grail, right? We're talking about the grail is the holy grail. There were crusades run to try to get, you know, people get their hands on this artifact that would give somebody immense power, immense wealth, immense everything. If you could acquire the Holy Grail, there's one Holy Grail that exists. So when we use this term, that's where my mind goes. Okay, there's there's one Holy Grail in the entire world, in the entire existence of this planet. That's a grail. So when we use that term for the card collecting, I get it. You know, it gets a little bit more loose. But man, it gets overused. Everything's a grail card. And that really got me thinking when Sherry posted this. They um, had put out some rules that it has to be, you know, if you're talking about a hobby grail, it's got to be a rookie card. It's got to be this, it's got to be that. And some of the things that come to people's minds right away when you're talking about the greater uh, hobby, the 86 Flair Jordan, the 52 Mantle. I look at those and I, and I can't help but wonder to myself, are those truly grail cards? The 86 Jordan, it feels like people just want that card to sell it. If you got your hands on the Holy Grail, you're not getting that thing just to sell it, right? You're getting that thing because it's the only one in existence. You're taking the power and the wealth and the fame that comes with it. And you've got the only one that there is. The 86 Jordan, I don't know how many there are. I mean, I think PSA still sets the record every every month for the most submissions of that card. I think they might still be printing it from what <laughs> I've heard. You know, it's crazy how many of those there are. It is the most important card in the hobby, probably. I mean, there's some debate there. It is an iconic card in the hobby. No debate there. But is it really a grail? That's hard for me to, to really wrap my head around. What do you guys think about this whole conversation about a grail card versus iconic cards? I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, basically, you know, you know, obviously anyone who's been in the hobby and especially those who have consumed uh, collecting content, they've heard of this, you know, term grail card. Mm -hmm. You know, the phrase, I, I guess it's in reference to the chalice of Jesus that he used at the Last Supper. You know, it's the plot of movies, Indiana Jones, you know, it's just to be able to get this holy grail. You know, so for collectors, like you said, from person to person, it's going to vary what's going to be their specific uh holy grail so it could be like a player that they have that's just dominant at their sport let's, let's just say people that love soccer it could be a, you know a Messi, a, a pele a brock or ronaldo Purdy. you know um <laughs> i i seen a card brock Purdy. Yeah. I, I seen a card where it was a triple uh autograph where it had it was it was Messi, it was ronaldo and it was pele you know what i mean those three on one card to me, that's that's a grail for for a soccer card, you know, something like that. And you and you talked about the fifty-two mantle. You got the uh, Wayne Gretzky OPG. Um, who else? The T two hundred six Honus Wagner nineteen oh nine is considered probably you know what that was like the first grail card. There's only like fifty to sixty in existence. So that that technically that card you could say yes, that is a grail card. There's only so many existence, and there's only so many in a high grade. Does the, the term get thrown around a lot? Yes. Yes, it does. But again, 
everybody has their own opinion as to what is their grail card. Like for me, for example, since I have so many interests in cards or, you know, collecting whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to have a different grail for each particular set. So if I like say, okay, stranger things, I want to get a Millie Bobby Brown auto, say 101 that would probably cost me $10,000 right now because the market for stranger things is, is ridiculous. I was looking, me and Tony were looking at cars and I was like, dude, I can't believe this is going for that much money, you know, but, and they're, they're sticker autos. But the thing is she's only signed sticker autos. So that's what you're going to get with her. So people are willing to, you know, uh, go with that. Now they're hoping that the new set that comes out that I had the redemption card for is actually going to be on card auto from, from Millie, which would be dope. Now that card would then be, you know, the, the grail of all grails for that. Um, you know, Alan Iverson, I guess if, if I were to say which card, yeah, so many that that's the thing with Iverson's like, whenever I say, damn, that's the card I want to get, I look and I said, no, no, that's the damn card. So, but like we were looking at the, uh, the refractor of the, uh, 2000 i'm saying 1996 tops chrome refractor that he has his rookie card um it was actually up for for auction and i was in it for about two minutes and then it got crazy and then i was like yeah i'm out of it but uh i seen one that there was actually a psa 10 which the dude had on for like a hundred thousand dollars was his asking price for it you know so but yeah, you know, Grail gets gets thrown around a lot, but you know, it, it does exist, and there's people out there that have their own Grails. What do you think, Tom? Well, a thousand percent, the the term is way overused now. You know, Shane's right. It's like, dude, if there's all these cards, it's got to be something rare and something that you just don't see, like that that Mick, the, the Mickey Mantle, the PSA ten. Is there multiples of those? I'm not sure. I don't think there's multiple PSA 10s. And if there are, it's very, very few. I think unlike, I don't know what the pop count in the 86 Fleer Jordan is, but it's it's, it's like about 330 in that area, which is, it's not a lot. I mean, listen, the 52 Mantle, there's, how many did we see at the, at the national? Right, right. But I'm talking so, but in the, in the sense of it being, if you want to say which one is the grail, it's, it's got to be the PSA 10 one because there's not a lot of them. So, but yeah, I, I think that, we got to come up with a new term because it's definitely something that's way overused when you think about it. And and I get what Oz is getting at, you know, it's like, Oh, I have my own personal um, thing, but yeah, it's definitely something that I don't know. We have to come up with a new term, you know, because a grail car should be something that is like that is the Holy grail that you not everybody, you don't have a whole bunch of them. There should be maybe 10 or whatever, less than that. And yeah, it's, it's definitely something that is way over overused. And I don't know what, what the, what the substitute for it would be, but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we probably should come up with something a little different for that. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's like my biggest, listen, people can use whatever term they want. I'm not, I'm not going to tell people sure. what they shouldn't do. Cause again, from a personal standpoint, it, it can vary uh, wildly, but it's weird when you see somebody say grail acquired and then it's, it's sold on eBay by the, you know, <laughs> they sell it immediately. Yeah. It's that, not really a grail. That, it's just a big stepping stone or well, whatever, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation yeah. yeah but let me pose this question to you uh now you guys actually bought an 86 player together right you mm-hmm. guys went yep. and, and did that but would you rather have an 86 flare or a, a pmg jordan from what was it 97 i think is it was when those came out uh the green you know which mm-hmm. one would you rather have one is way more rare than the other i can't tell you what you would rather have but i feel like people who get their hands on that pmg jordan you don't see those popping up on eBay. 
They're no. getting those. They're spending whatever insane amount of money to get them, and that's what they're holding on to. Out of those two cards, which one's more of a grail? In my opinion, it's the PMG. Agreed. Everyone has their own personal things, but I'm talking from a hobby standpoint. Mm-hmm. The 86 Flair Jordan is the most important card. It is the most iconic card. But when you're talking Jordans, I think the the grail is much more likely to be the PMG, in my opinion. Yeah, but, there's only, you know, technically there's 10. And then we always tell, talk about the folklore that there was one torn up in, in Hawaii somewhere. So that would leave it with nine of those. And then from what I'm told, there's one individual that probably has like five or six of them himself. So, you know, to, to get your hands on a PMG green Jordan, that's definitely, that's the grail for me. For me, it would be, you know, there's other cars that he has out there, you know, with, you know, uh, his autos and mm-hmm. pieces of his uniform, game worn sure. jerseys and, and things like that. But that PMG green, just the fact that it's just, uh, the story behind it and and there's just it's not freaking uh, manufacturer scarcity there that's real real scarcity so for me yeah. I don't know about tone yeah yeah that that one is definitely a grail car and you're right Shane I mean the Jordan there's so many of them so it's it's not it's again it's something that's it's a grail a true grail should be something that's super hard to attain and once you get it it disappears mm-hmm. it doesn't go up on your story 2 days later Right, it just, exactly. You're not doing yeah. a stack sale or whatever it is on on yeah. your grail card, in my opinion. You know, like, so I don't know if I would call my my Prism Gold Brett a grail card per se, but this isn't getting up for you know for sale anytime soon. But I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Everybody is going to hobby the the way they want to hobby. But with that, let's move on. Tony, you had a a fun little subject you wanted to bring up about quirks. I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about collecting quirks because I says that I have all these weird quirks, and I think they're just matter of facts, but <laughs> he tends to disagree, and that's okay. But I wanted to ask you guys, any weird, or not even weird, just collecting quirks, things like uh, cards have to be in a certain order, um, any any little thing like that. And I can, you know, I'll kick it off because I, I have a plethora if you will <laughs> if you will that is a a nod to uh cousin los but uh so me like for the first like so i have my case there and all the cards have to be grouped together by player and then by year so all my randall cunninghams are together and you know they go then by year and then all my McNabs, clemente etc etc so that's the first one and i think for the most part i i would think i don't know unless people just have their slabs thrown all over the place that'd be crazy like if you just had like a brett and then it goes to uh clayton kershaw then it goes to you know whoever like that that would drive me insane i'm like dude just take the time to put all this stuff in order i don't know i think well for me collecting definitely leads into the ocd-ness yeah i was just about to say i think you have ocd which is fine i have collecting ocd yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sure. period. Yeah, but yeah, sure. the other one is I have every one touch or slab or whatever has to be in a protective baggie too. Like I don't just have my slabs all raw out in the <sighs> open like that. They have to each have a bag. Just you know, extra protection. Mm-hmm. But my ultimate one is any horizontal card that's in a one touch. If I'm looking at the card, the magnet part has to be on the left-hand side because we read left to right. So to me, the card starts with the magnet. So that should be on the left. 
Because you read that magnet. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the dude. magnet to me is the starting point of the card. I got so you. You animals just, you know, have yeah, magnets yeah, all over. Yeah, that's goes to first. Yeah. Is the magnet. Yes. Not right, the card. Yeah. Listen, so first, I'm actually, I, I actually feel you on where the magnet has to go, but I am definitely the opposite. It For me, it has to be at the right side of the card. And I guess for somewhat, I guess, similar thought process, the most important part of the card shouldn't be the, the magnet. It should be the, the final, like, that's just the, the afterthought. So I'm, you no, know, but I'm it's not definitely the, the opposite. Oof. It's the starting oh. point of the card. You're a I, freaking animal, I, man. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I can't imagine like on the left, like hurts my eyes. I even imagining if this card was different, it hurts my eyes and gets me angry. So I guess right. I share that quirk, but I'm the opposite. So when you get your cards graded, you yeah. want the label to be on the left side. So you want to start with the label first and then go across So with slabs. It's a little different because it's just, it doesn't apply for slabs. It's strictly for okay. one touch. For okay. slabs, I don't really. It's even weirder. It's just, yeah, well, dude, this it's that's just the way it is, man. That's where the card starts. It's it starts at the magnet, then it ends with the card. Because then, if you look at it the other way, you look at the card, and then there's this weird magnet on the other end. Well, like, what the hell is the magnet over there for? <laughs> where this one, the last thing you see is the card. Oh, your way, the last thing you see is the magnet. Then this is stupid. Like that's just in your head. Like why is the magnet there? That has so let me ask you, you just got that Roberto Clemente 101, right? Yeah. Okay, and it's already graded, already yes. in a nice, beautiful BGS slab. Yeah, that's, that's right. another thing. That's another that's thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have this P PSA fanboy thick, I mean, uh, thin slab uh, obsession. Yeah. Uh, I like, so I like now, now, you're, you like now you got to break out this beautiful card with the risk of damaging said 101 to get it into a PSA slab because it must match your other PSA slabs of Roberto Clemente. That is correct. It sticks yeah. out like a sore thumb. It looks weird. It's in a boxy slab. Like I, I'm box. not a big it's fan of slab, bro. No, nah, I'm not a big fan of the BGS slab. It's just, I, I'm with, I'm with Tony on this one. I see. Thank it's, you. This guy I, thinks so I'm insane. He's the well, one. Well, here's crazy. here's the thing. I actually, I mean, this is a different topic. I'm not the, I'm not a PSA fanboy, but at this point, I can't I can no longer have my stuff in slabs that don't sell as well when I want to sell them. I'm a collector, oh. so selling isn't my priority. Mr. Flipper but, over here, dude. There's a lot of times I want to try to sell something. No, we were collectors it. on dude, this show. I worked really hard to move into this card, and I it was so hard to move the SGC slabs that I had and. I don't know. So I started moving into PSA stuff and now I'm with Tony in this. It kind of bugs me that my cards don't match that I'll have two Bret hearts next to each other and one's an SGC and one's a PSA. So my, my arms being twisted a little bit because I want, if I want to move these to get into a bigger card at some point to get one of the grail cards that I've been chasing for a while, I, what am I going to do? I want the most money possible. PSA is the king and I want them to match. I, I, I share that. I share that as well. So I don't know what I, like I would do it. if I had that Clemente. I don't know what I would do if I had a super fractor one of one Clemente and take that risk. Uh, but I hear you. Yeah, it's happening. That's a, I've already, I've already consulted a professional slab breaker, whatever you want to call it. 
and um yeah no that that thing is like it, dude it bothers me, me so much that i don't even have it with the rest of my cars i guess off <laughs> that is there. so whack but listen let me ask you if that was a pristine 10 would you crack it out oh, I, yeah because I, it doesn't oh matter. my gosh shut stupid. up right now let's move next subject bro now, you, now <laughs> you're getting crazy you're telling me you would crack out let's just say with black label black label bgs the highest that you can get but to get it in a freaking fanboy slim gym PSA hyper valued because you came into the hobby late now you think PSA is the shit you're telling me you would crack that out of there to get a PSA 10 because Nat First Turner said all. it was cool. Oh, we got here, the voice. Bro. There it is. We got the voice. I think, I think it's the first time we got that voice on the faction, baby. Let's go. That's, That's my Nat Turner voice. The... And yeah. I use that for certain individuals in the, in the I love it. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's just like I don't like it, it didn't even matter that it's the PS. Like I just like the slimmer slab. Like, no, I get it, but like, you didn't answer my question. If it was a black label, yeah, I would crack it. Shut up. Bro, it would be black label. It would match. It would match not only that, it'd be talk about color match, bro. Yeah. That would be off the hook. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably still and it. and not to mention to to piggyback off of, of Shane's point of the highest value. That has that's a black true. label. BPS. Yeah, that you know, yeah, that that's maybe true. maybe that would be the exception to the rule if it was a black label. I'll give you that. How about that? Yeah, okay. that that Thank could you. that could change that could alter things for that me could too. I, that could, yeah, that's that tough. Can change things. Thank you. you. Know, but, Thank you. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I, you, you already got me flustered. I didn't want to get like super. You know, what I mean? like, I'm already well, hot because... with my Eagles Santa hat on. <laughs> now you got me yeah. sweating. See, I'm just glad that Shane was here to at least co-sign on some of this stuff. I, you, I you definitely just, I'm listen. I, I and and nobody else said anything about their quirks, so that's fine. I'm taking notes on that too. I, I got. I mean, like honestly, as far as quirks for me, I mean, I'll collect anything. I just I'll collect uh, shot glasses. I'll collect coins. I'll collect cards. I'm just a collector, bro. It doesn't matter what it is. Toys. I, I just. I'm a hoarder, bro. I'm going to collect that. My wife is like, dude, you're becoming a hoarder. I said, yeah, I don't care. I love it. So if if, if that's a quirk, then yeah, as, as, as long as I can see something and, and it, it, it's something that I like and that I love, I want it. Give it to me. Now it's fun. Bro, I can't stop collecting Funkos now. It's like I go to the store now. That's what I go by beeline to like, I'm like, damn, <laughs> I had to get that run DMZ joint. I'm like, yo, that's something. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's my quirk. I just yeah. want everything. I don't know. So, all right. I, it's funny. I'm actually, I'm, I'm not even going to tell my original uh, quirk because I don't think it fits now. I'm thinking about it, but I will share this. You know, what drives me nuts. Maybe it's not a quirk, but it's, it's definitely a pet peeve back to the horizontal thing. It drives me nuts that the companies aren't consistent, that you'll get the same exact Fernando Tatis's uh, rookie card is a big one. You'll get some with the label on the right and the same exact company. You'll have it on the left. Make up your mind. Keep that the same. It drives me crazy that that there's not a rule that every single horizontal card is the same. And another thing that drives me nuts, I don't know if this is true with all the companies, but Tops for sure doesn't put the backs of their cards in the same orientation for their horizontal cards. So oh, if you take that... a horizontal card and you flip it, sometimes it's upside down and sometimes it's not. And that drives me out of my damn mind. This card right here, when I flip it, it's upside down. I feel like throwing it across the room. Dude, and then if you'll have the same just, set, you'll flip it, and it'll be the right yeah. side up. How yeah. how does that happen? That's It drives me nuts. Thank you, Shane. You are a thousand percent. <laughs> All we want are things to be in order. Just okay, so stop laughing. 
That's it. Consistency. It's not, it can't be that hard to print things the same way or put cards in the slab the same damn way. I don't know. You know what? I didn't know. Listen, I didn't know I had all these quirks until I started collecting because I normally like everything else is just whatever. But this like brings out the your OCD. Yeah, bro. It's just. Let's move on because I'm going right. to need a drink with Shane. So. You, know, <laughs> you know what? We're actually laying down some rules here. Seems like we're acting a little bit like police. But uh, you know what? We're not the hobby police. But some people try to be Oz. Talk about hobby rules and hobby police and what's going on. Yeah, man. It's just uh, it's an interesting topic. Like you said, hobby rules, hobby police. Who the hell gives anyone the right to tell another person how to collect and tell me, like, what is the right way to collect when it comes to these holier-than-thou hobbyists? Now, Tony has a lot of quirks, but those are his quirks. He's not. He's going to tell me about them, but they're not rules, and I'm definitely not going to follow those. But there's guys that are in, in big positions out there, uh, big, you know, head of big companies, big influencers that say things. And I always wonder, when I first started collecting, I was like, who is uh, like on Mount Hobby? Like, who are these people, the, these, uh, this council, secret council of gentlemen that either go to an underground bunker or they live in, you know, Mount Olympus with the other gods, the hobby gods, and they're able to, 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 you know, bequeath us with what is a, the proper card to buy, you know, how we can get things autographed, you know, it has to be packed, pulled, uh, this specific, you know, all, all the rules that we talk about, like big men don't matter in the hobby which was always a pet peeve of mine. You want to talk about hobby quirks, pet peeves? That's one of my shits. But sorry, I had to swear. But listen, who the hell gives has the right to tell you how to collect? I mean, like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I'll go with you, Tony, first. Yeah, that's that's crazy. The, the, the one that pops in my head is, well, now, I mean, I guess we're just going to keep throwing him on the show. But Nat Turner the other day with that whole getting your card signed thing. And we talked about it on, on our podcast at, and um, to me, that's ridiculous. I'm like, if I want to get my card signed, I will. Like, what, what are you talking about, dude? Like, I mean, that to me, that that it looks dope when a card is autographed. Like, for for the longest time, it, I mean, autographs is a big deal, especially you know if you meet the person. Like, that's a whole thing. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I'm not sure what the purpose of that take was. It was definitely getting more so fried in the comments. I think more people were kind of like, dude, what are you talking about? As opposed to agreeing so another thing too we had we were in a discussion the other day and someone made a comment that said what was it oz mediocre collectors deserve mediocre products mm -hmm. I, was like, I was like what the heck is up with this guy i was like dude why would you say such a thing like what if you have that opinion i'm like well, what, what what's a mediocre collector i mean i'm like is it a person who's uninformed or making make it maybe making mistakes how about you take that person under your wing and say hey you know maybe I don't know. Look at this, that, maybe look at it a different way. But yeah, I don't, I don't get that whole telling people how to collect. Cause, dude, like we should just embrace it all. Like this is one big community. Like stop laying down these weird rules, other than having your one touch being on the left. But dude, I, I just, I'm thinking about. I totally forgot about that comment, and I sent it to you when I seen it. I was like, how yeah. can somebody even say that? Yeah, you know, like who who the hell are you, man? So um, I was all fired up about the uh, the Nat Turner, which I'll get back to. But that comment, that's a, here's the thing about that comment is I, obviously I don't know who said that and exactly where, but you see some sense of that all over the internet. 
all over, you know, I'm, I'm a group, I'm a member of the group, uh, the sports card nonsense group. And that's a big one. There's a lot of people in there and the amount of times I see similar comments or telling people they're idiots because they spent such and such on a card trashing uh, an entire segment of collecting, whether it's, you know, especially the niche stuff, F1 wrestling. I see that a lot. The amount of trashing I see going on about um, uh, wrestling and, and modern, even within the wrestling community, there's so many people who are so vocally against modern collecting. It's exhausting. But to call someone a mediocre collector, not knowing the context is, God, listen, I call myself the sports card nobody for a reason. I... I am not trying to live up to anybody's whatever their ideal collector thought is. I don't give a shit, man. You know what? You want to call me a, a nobody? I'm already owning it. You know, I'm Eminem on the stage. I'll put it all out there. I'm I'm not trying to be uh, Ken Golden. I'm not trying to be even um, Shine, right? That's a world that I can't even pretend that I'm ever going to be a part of, and I'm fine with that. You want to call me a mediocre collector and say I deserve mediocre? What the hell ever? <laughs> I'm trying to build a collection that I care about. I'm trying to build a, co a, con a collection that I connect with, that I can tell a story about. I'm trying to express myself with this stuff, with these little pieces of cardboard. And if you're going to get on some high horse because you collect a different type of cardboard than I collect and you perceive yours to be so much better and your mentality is better, man, the hell with that. I don't care about the stock market aspect of this thing. If you're trying to collect you know, Tesla stock or Apple stock, good the hell for you. I'm trying to collect stories and, and talk about myself with these things that I do. So take your mediocre BS and you could walk. You can miss me with that. That is... Man, that gets me fired up. Yeah, and and yeah. I was I was ready to talk about the Nat thing because because the, <laughs> the Nat Turner thing. Listen, I Nat Turner is important, very important to this hobby. He is the CEO of Collectors Universe, which owns PSA. He is one of the most powerful people in the hobby, and that's what bothers me because the 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 tweet that we're referencing, he phrased it as "This is my opinion," but stop having athletes sign your cards. Bro, you're not Turner. This isn't just an opinion. You're affecting the way people perceive themselves in this hobby when you say that. Why are you doing that? Why are you taking that stance publicly as the CEO of one of the most important companies in this hobby? That has an effect. That makes people make different decisions. That makes people question things they've done. And I shared on that. I shared my Bret Hart card that I had signed, and I could not care less if that hurts the value that I had the Hitman sign my card in person because I get to tell a story about how I made him laugh telling him about how my daughter asked about his nipples. That's <laughs> what matters to me. I don't care about the value of the card. I care about the value of that damn story. Yeah. So come on with that garbage. I just – man, you guys got me fired up. Sorry. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and as far as the the topic as to why that person said that comment, it was just, "Hey, Tops is coming out with a lot of junk product," you know. Which okay, who who doesn't you know these days as far as cards are concerned, coming out with a lot of just product that that that's really not that great. But to come out and just say mediocre collectors deserve mediocre, you know, like you're like on this, like I said, Mount Olympus of collectors. Like, <laughs> look at me, I'm Mister Vintage. <laughs> man you know what what really bothers me about that too is i got back into this hobby in 2018 and i got back into this hobby because of a a um 
a score fantasy stars Todd Gurley card that's probably worth twenty five cents. <laughs> that maybe less than mediocre card is the reason I graduated all the way up to this not mediocre card in this Bret Hart gold prism. Mm-hmm. There's kids out there that can't afford not mediocre cards. Stop judging people and making them want to leave this hobby because they feel like they don't fit in. Shut the hell up. Bang, bang. You tell him, Uncle Shane. All right. All right. That got me really fine. I didn't expect that to get me as fired up as it did, but yeah, let's move on. So we're gonna we're gonna pull it back a little bit. Tony, you're you're back again with episode three, your third version of Rip It or Slab It. What do you got for us on Rip It or Slab It for uh, episode three? Yeah, brother. So we're gonna kick off first with uh, Aaron Judge, the home run ball, just sold for one point five million dollars. I'm not worried about the price. I know the guy said he was offered three and turned it down and sold for a million and a half. That's fine. I just want to talk to you guys about the significance of the ball. Rip it or slab it. Rip it. Yeah, it's it's not really a record of big significance or slab it. Yes, it is. And it should be recognized. So um, I'll leave our residential baseball expert to go last. So Oz, go ahead. Let me get your uh, take on this. I feel Mr. a little uh, slighted. But you said I don't know my baseball. No, because you're the, uh, you're the, you're the. Uh, I think I was. You were probably the basketball expert. Okay, so we're talking about the ball, the, the famous <laughs> Aaron Judge ball. So he broke the record held by Roger Maris. I guess uh, it was the American League record. What was that? Sixty-one home runs, right? Mm-hmm. And that was set in 1961. And then I believe Maris had broke Babe Ruth's record of 60 home runs in 1927. So, you know, I'm not going to diminish anything and say that it's not a significant feat. You know, Aaron Judge uh, definitely had a, a big achievement there, something for the record books. However, there's only one problem for me. Barry Bonds hit 73 in 2001. Mark McGuire hit 70 in 1998. Sammy Sosa hit 66 in 1998. Mark McGuire, 65 in 1999. Sammy Sosa, 64 in 2001. Sammy Sosa, 63 in 1999. So, steroids, I don't give a shit. Listen, these gentlemen went out there. They hit the ball. The pitchers were on steroids as well. Everybody in the damn league was on steroids. And the MLB knew it. The fans knew it. And it was the most exciting time in baseball. So, for these gentlemen to get the little asterisk, especially Barry Bonds, for doing what what he did to me is is complete horseshit. Listen, Aaron Judge, you did your thing. I would never spend that amount of money for that ball, because in the grand scheme of things, once all the people in Mountain Olympus, you know, get off their high horse, the, all these old crotchety uh, reporters that that vote people into the Hall of Fame in baseball and have these biases, once that's all gone, years from now, what we're gonna look at is what these guys did and how difficult it is to achieve those accomplishments. And you can't take away from them just because, you know, oh, they were cheating. Yeah, well, so was everybody else. So, Shane, go ahead. So were you you were, uh, ripping it then? That's I'm ripping, ripping the shit out of that. Mama. All right, okay. so here's the thing. <laughs> I'll start with this, that I, I'm, I, I, I'm going to slab it. Mm. That being said, yeah. I, I agree with just about everything you just said, though. Yeah. I, I, I I mean, you just hit the nail on the head on a lot of different things. Something that we don't talk about when we discuss what Aaron Judge has done is that, yes, the era that you talked about with Bonds and McGuire, the steroid era, a lot of home runs are being hit. But you know what? Not as many home runs being hit in this era 
now. We are mm-hmm. in the most home run heavy era in the history of baseball. The record has been broken year after year after year. Now, this year changed a little bit, so I'll give Judge that, that whatever the hell MLB is doing with the balls, there's a lot of rumors that they were juicing balls, a lot of rumors that they stopped juicing the balls. There's something to be said about that. And uh, we finally had MLB step in and do something about uh, pitchers doctoring the balls, using the, the the spider tack, whatever the hell it's called, that was really adding spin rate at astronomical levels. So there's a lot of things that have been happening. That goes down, home runs, you know, people are hitting the ball more. Now, you don't have the same control of the ball. We're still in this juice ball era. It's, there's a lot of question marks right now about why so many balls are flying out of the park. Why don't we talk about that the same way we talked about the steroids? I don't know. I'll tell you what. We knew everybody was using it in 1998 when that home run chase was. There was no secret. It was, I mean, McGuire got caught in the locker room in a in a press you know, a presser with it behind him, or you know, a post game interview. We knew what was happening. Nobody cared until we started to care. Yeah. Now I still I I care a little bit. I like integrity in my sports. It bothered me when everybody you know it really came out how rampant it was. But I'm not going to look back and say, okay, those records don't count. I mean, that's silly. The Houston Astros 2017 World Series championship still counts. They cheated to win that World Series. They stole a World Series championship from the Dodgers, from my own damn team. They're still the champions. It is what it is. It sucks, but it is what it is. There's no asterisk. Those guys all matter. Now, with that being said, I'm still slabbing it because we still had a magical season. We got to watch somebody go out there and do something we hadn't seen in years. We got to see um, a legend in his own right and Roger Maris get talked about. And I love when the history of baseball gets talked about. I love when we romanticize the past because that's what makes baseball special is the way everything connects. I don't love that Roger Maris's kid was out there, you know, sort of taking a dump on, on the other guys that we just talked about. But nonetheless, we still had this special moment. Aaron Judge didn't go out of his way to crap on anybody. So it still was a very, very special year and a special moment. So for that alone, I am going to slab it. But I still agree with you that let's slow down a little bit and not forget the some of the most magical seasons we got to witness that basically saved the sport of baseball. So if you had the money, you would pay that? No. No, oh, absolutely but, not. Because here so you're slabbing it, but you wouldn't pay that money. Correct. I, I'm going to slab. Well, listen, if money's no object, it's a slightly different conversation. But um, I'm slabbing it because I, I I still respect what happened, and I think we should honor it. But I'm not a Yankees fan. I don't have a super special connection to that ball. If it mm-hmm. was a Dodger that did it, that might change the way that I would spend my infinite cash flow. You know, so I, I just you, I don't have the same connection. Would, to would you have, uh, say, the seventy third home run ball from Barry Bonds? And if you had the money, would you buy that one? I would specifically to be able to like destroy it because the Giants are <laughs> the worst in the world, and Barry Bonds <laughs> can go straight to hell. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Tony. All right, so for me, it's a rip. I mean, did we celebrate this before when there was? I don't remember. Like, I mean, did they? Did we celebrate the NL record being broken? Was it such a big to do? Or, or, or let me put it. So I think it's maybe people are just thirsty. It's been a while since anything home run wise mm. has been broken, mm. and it's now we Yankee. got this. But we're just it's gonna a Yankee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's a like, likable oh, Yankee. 
Yeah, yeah. Dude, hey, it's great, dude. That's great. 62 home runs. I'm not going to hit 62 home runs in my life, let alone in a season. So, um, you know, props to him on that. But, yeah, I just I just I don't think it's that significant of a thing. I'm like, like it's cool. But, you know, for a, a one point five million dollars, that's that's a bit much. But, yeah, no, nah, it's and the it's original dude offered three million. So. Yeah. Now, to be fair, yeah. let's not forget. I think the guy that caught it was already rich. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's he's so paid. Let's, you know, he's all right. Yes, he lost yeah. out on half. Or, you know, you know, he made half of what he could have made. But I think the guy's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. So the rich get richer. Move. You know, <laughs> just yeah. a little less richer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let me move on to the next one. This one's strictly uh, hobby related, and it's the old extended bidding. Rip it or slab it. Shane, you, you like the extended bidding or do you like the eBay, you know, three, two, one snipe and done? So at? listen, this is a tough one because my answer changes depending where I'm sitting, right? If I'm, if I'm buying, I am absolutely ripping this because the snipe bid get in the last second, people fell asleep. You get a chance to get a great price. The extended bidding, which happens, I think through like PWCC and a lot of these more, uh, robust auction houses. Uh, basically, you make a bid. It gets extended by 30 minutes or whatever it might be. It might even change from auction. Actually, I'm not entirely sure. But it gets extended, so everybody gets a chance to think about it, gather their wits, and have another shot at it. So if you're selling, that's amazing because that is going to get you closer to what is true value on the card. Um, the snipe system that eBay has... That's not always the case. I have legitimately fallen asleep and missed out on an auction that I would have bid more than it ended up selling for. It happens sometimes. I'm on the East Coast. Somebody's on the West Coast, and they put the auction late. I got two kids. What do you want me to do? So I, I am a bit – I guess if I have to pick, I'm going to pick Rip It because I am most often as a collector trying to find the best deal. So I'll pick a stance here. I would prefer that eBay's way continues to exist over the extended bidding. Because that's where I live more. I'm not a seller. I'm a buyer. Yeah, yeah. I should say from from a buyer's standpoint. Yeah, I think yeah. I think from a seller's standpoint, I think we'd all agree that extended bidding would be the way to go. But right. um, Oz, yeah, I'm ripping that all day, bro. Um, I'm I'm Captain Snipe when it comes to uh, things like that. So I, I live for that, dude. That you know how exciting that is. Like last second, just just waiting. It's like ten, nine, mm. eight. Set, and you're waiting, like, what's the perfect time to just hit that snipe? And then there's some times where you think, you, oh, you're the highest bidder. And I'm like cheering. And all of a sudden, somebody was quicker than me on the draw. Or they had an, uh, you know, a more robust bid than I put in. And I lose by $1. And then I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. But, yeah, that that whole, yeah, that, that sniping part, man. So, yeah, I'm going to have to, as far as the extended bidding, I tried that with PWC see one time and i was i got tired after the first time i was like man i got time for all this this is just way too involved you're going back and forth with an individual and that could just go on forever and ever and i was just like yeah i'm out it's just not the same you know even though you might depending on the item you know if it's your grail then you're, <laughs> you're gonna have to deal with that but uh, on any normal type of auction any card that you're normally getting you want to get that in and out quick let me get this snipe in and give me my card yeah, you the, about that anxiety right before it's yeah, bro. That's, sure. that's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That, that's that's what got me hooked, you know. And I started going crazy on eBay once I got on the eBay and realized, oh shit, I could do this, you know, from from my basement. My wife has no idea what I'm doing down here. <laughs> Man, I was going ham, dog. 
<laughs> oh. The uh before I answer, what at what point in the countdown do you guys put your bid in? It's three seconds, baby. Yep. Three, three seconds. Just yeah. enough time that if if you know your app is messing up, your Wi-Fi right. is slow, it might fix it. Three seconds yeah. is, to me is the money number. Yeah, yeah. I usually do three or four, uh, no more than like you know. I don't do five seconds. I've done usually no, four no. seconds, but yeah. three is like the... I used to be a five seconder, and I learned. Yeah, nah, it's yeah. It's, it's unless you got a really fat, you know, robust bid. Now let me bid. ask you. Sure. So let's just say, you know, the card's at two hundred fifty dollars mm -hmm. at that moment in time. Three seconds left. How much are you bidding to make sure you get that? It depends on the card. So I have I have legitimately bid what I perceive to be hundreds of dollars over the value of the card because I want the card. I think I did it on a Shawn Michaels, actually, that I ended up winning for. I'm going to make it up a little bit. I think I won a Shawn Michaels for one hundred and fifteen bucks. But I think my max bid was like five hundred bucks. Because I wanted the card and I was okay to overpay, I would have been really mad if I paid my max <laughs> bid because I knew I was overpaying by a mile. But that's part of why the snipe is so good because for the most part, it, it gets a little bit harder for the person selling it to go, okay, I'm going to shill this up. I, I'm going to keep going $1 more, $1 more, $1 more, right? Yeah. Somebody else has to put in a ridiculous bid as well and also take the risk that they're going to have to although they could cancel it, whatever, but, you know, have to pay for it that much. So it depends on the card. Sometimes I'm trying to get a deal. So if it's 250, I might put in 272.51 last, you know, three seconds and, and see what happens. But if it's a card I really want, I just go as high as I can to secure it. Yeah. Yeah. I just did that for the Randall Cunningham one-on-one that I wanted. I just threw a crazy number and I'm like, hopefully that doesn't happen. But I'm like, I really want this card. So I was like, yeah. I got it. Well, that happened with me, but I lost was the uh, oh. Millie Bobby Brown auto. Mm. It was at 250 with like 15 seconds left. So I put in a bid for $987 and 25 cents. I was like, ain't nobody outbidding. I, you know, I like quadrupled the amount and I lost. I was like, you what? gotta be effing kidding me, dude. Like how much did you lose by? Like, you know, it was just one of those $10 increments. So this person yeah. must have put in $1,000, you know what I mean, or whatever. Dang. So, yeah. And then the next day, I was like, all right. So I went into an Allen Iverson, same thing. It was like $350, and I put the exact, like I said, okay, I'm going $989. I, I didn't want to go over 1000 I said, I'll do 989 Lost that one. I'm like, I give up. <laughs> I said, Tony, collect away. I'm, I'm done for 2022. I'm getting Funkos. <laughs> yeah nobody uh, <laughs> it's great so the last one let me ask you guys new year's eve festivities are you awake meaning you know that you're gonna slab it or are you ripping it where it's nine o'clock and let me know when next year comes all right i'll go first so um man this is a, this is a tough one for me so i'm definitely ripping it because so for the last i don't know there was like four years in a row where i was working the rose bowl and the call time for that is New Year's Day at 3 a.m. I left my apartment once when I was still living in L.A. for this. And my downstairs neighbor was out, like, having a cigarette or something, vaping. And I kind of saw him over the balcony. He's like, hey, man, you coming down? I was like, bro, I'm going to work. <laughs> I, 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 I heard you guys partying all night. I'm trying. I'm on two hours of sleep, and I got to go do the Rose Bowl. So, no, I'm, I'm not coming down with you right now. So I, I miss New Year's Eve for year after year after year because of that. And now I got kids. <laughs> and so it's tough, man. I, I think 
last year, my wife and I were, we, we both fell asleep before the ball dropped. I mean, it was like, uh, it is so hard when we get the opportunity to just do whatever. I, I am actually going to be out of work pretty early this year. Um, I'm going to be off on new year's day. I think we're going to make some sort of plan to do something and we'll be asleep at <laughs> 10 30. So I, I think I'm ripping it. Oz, you know what? I will slab it. Now it, I'm on the verge of ripping it just cause I'm going to be a grandfather soon, but yeah. it's always been tradition in our family where we would always get together. You know, I have two older brothers, so their his family like consists of like seven daughters, my one brother, and then the other one has like you know f- two sons and another daughter. So they had you know pretty big families. We all get together. My mom and my dad. My dad has since passed away in 2015. So since that has happened, the patriarch or the family being gone, you know, year by year, the 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 numbers of people getting together have dwindled. You know, the, especially the younger adults that are now in their 20s, early 20s. They're doing their thing going to new york or going everywhere but chilling with the family but it it was always a tradition watch the countdown once it hits you know new year's obviously everybody hugging and kissing and you know just crying and another another great year so i always you know new year's was always something that i I always look forward to so i'm gonna i'm gonna slap it yeah and for me it's a rip we don't we don't even make it to like or like the one year we stayed up i was like this is stupid. What, what? <laughs> like it was just me and the wife. I was like, we could have just woke up tomorrow morning. It would have been the same effect. So, like, we just don't. Uh, so yeah, just we'll, we'll oh, see what geez. happens this year. But come on, Tone, live a little, I, bro. Oh no, I I like it. Like if there's something going on, like I mean, but it it's yeah, it's most of the time it's like, yeah, it's like yeah, that's it, and we just wake up. That it doesn't, you know, if it's twelve o'clock or eight o'clock or nine o'clock the next day, it's still the same year. So it, it's not a big deal. Well, this year, man, at midnight, you can kiss the Clemente uh, 101, the super fraction. Yes, as I as Boom. I busted out of the uh, yep. out You know of the what? Slash. We just have our faction episode. We'll just record at midnight. <laughs> there you go. That'll, that'll, yeah, that, that'll That's work. That's such a good idea. Oh, good man. Idea. You know what? Go That's live, water. too. How about that? The rum. I like that. That's such a good idea. But all right, out of the eyes, I think this one is you. You, you had a question about... We've been in this. We're doing our thing. We we got the the con. We're we're all living our hobby lives and yeah. cards and relationships. Take it away. Yeah. So basically, you know, we've been in the hobby. We've been doing our collecting. We've created content. Now, for you two individuals, what's been the most important part of this? Has it been a the cards or b the relationships and bonds that you form because of the hobby and because of getting the show and meeting all these people? So, is it the cards? Or is it relationships? All right. So, I mean, this is, I feel like this might even be a sweep, but hands down, it's the relationships. This Bret Hart card that we've talked about several times on this podcast is a very special moment for me. Having that card in my PC makes me feel like I've accomplished something. It's awesome. I can't stop staring at it. I can't wait to take it to bed at night. I can't, I'm sorry. I'll continue what I'm doing here. Um, (laughs) It really, that's it's. I feel super proud to own that card. I feel proud that I made it happen. But it's not even close. Sitting here, talking to you two gentlemen, whom I have met in real life one time, because of this hobby, we have come together. We realize we've got a fun thing going, and we're doing this, right? That is amazing. 
the story you just told about New Year's, getting together and having that family thing and, and, and having the hugs and the kisses and, and all that stuff, that's amazing. You know, if I could have a New Year's like that every year, I would sign me up for that as well, man. That's that's mm -hmm. amazing. Life is all about the human connections that we make if you're a decent person. Some people care about money. Some people care about power. Some people care about fame. That's not me. I'm a sentimental guy. I collect these cards because I want to tell my stories. I want to express myself. And I want to be able to do that with other people who also care about it. And some people who pretend to care about it, like my wife, who looks at my Bret Hart card and says, you have other cards that are better than that. What are you talking about? <laughs> but having that conversation with her about this is still awesome. I'm all about this right now. Talking to you two two of my you know, closest hobby friends. I mean, this is awesome. I love this. I'm in this because of this. Preach. preach. Fair enough. Tony? For me, it's, it's all about the cards, baby. Give me that money. Go ahead. It actually is the cards. <laughs> and why? Uh, I guess because I'll just walk out. Because if now. not for the cards, <laughs> no, if not for the cards, this doesn't happen. So, like, if I wasn't collecting cards, I wouldn't have met you, Shane. Mm-hmm. So the cards are kind of responsible for me for everything. So if not for the cards, we don't have this. That's, That's just true. Like the cards are like the the seed, and then out of that grows the relationships. How about so, that, Nick Sirianni, so, baby? <laughs> That's a good one. So the cards are like the magnet on the left, <laughs> leading the card, right? The yeah. So the cards are the magnet on the left that starts. Yeah. And then the relationships are what finishes. So that's true. Yeah, gotcha. it is the cards for me. So they're more important to you. Well, that's they're more important. not so much. That's what you I know. Heard. It's it's what's more important now that we have it all. We've collected and we've done the yeah. content. Now that we're here, what's more important? The cards, not what the impetus is, what what started it all, but are the cards more important? Or the relationship yeah. that you form. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about you guys. I need my card to be. Uh, <laughs> Dang, yeah. he's double. I love it. Double down, man. Yeah, man. Don't let the, the hobby day, police. I can't, don't let I can't the hobby police tell you. The bank. <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah, listen, this relationship. I'm cool, I can't, I'm cool I, with Shane. Yeah. Can I get that loan? Exactly. I can't cash it in. I can't cash in relationships. I need Dang. the card. <laughs> I'm not sending you know emails to anybody about your podcast anymore. <laughs> hey, 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 easy, easy. Hey, I'm keeping it real because we're keeping it real. Well, you know what? I'm going to keep it real as well. And I am going to say relationships. And the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, listen, I'm cool with my life. You know what I mean? I have a great wife. I have great kids. I'm going to be a grandfather. I got a Wonderful job. My, my damn name is Oz, the people's mailman. I, I love being a mailman, being out there helping people. And the cards is just an escape. You know, it's just about, you know, I didn't think about it when I started collecting. I was just trying to do something for me to just get away from everything and just have my, my me time. Not realizing that when, you know, Tony started and then Tony said, yo, let's do a podcast and me going out and, you know, coming out of my box and my shell and being able to talk to people and realizing, damn, there's people out there just like me and then starting to form and, and, and talk to people. And then my content touching those people and those individuals hitting me back and giving me DMs and then meeting you going to the national. Like it's just taking on this whole big, you know, it's mushroomed into something where it's like, wow, this is way more than the cards. And that that to me is what what the hobby 
is. Yeah, I love the car. Don't get me wrong. You know, like you said, Tony, that it's because of the cars that this has happened. But the relationships, it just it fills that that empty spot, you know, that a lot of us has have had, you know, for a long time. And and the hobby just, you know, you know what? You had me at hello, Shane. You know what I mean? You complete me, bro. So it's like it's 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 the relationships for me, man. I love it. Fair enough. I'm I'm the I'm the guy with just no heart. That's all. Yeah. All right, Grinchy. The, the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing all that green, but that, I guess you heart green. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So listen, this last one is uh, is one that I you know is pretty cliche, but I wanted to talk about the New Year's coming. We just talked about it. We talked about we're going to rip or slab our New Year's Eve and head into the New Year. 2023 is right around the corner. Let's start with you, Tony. What goals do you have for the hobby in 2023? First one is to finish my Clemente run. I'm about halfway done. So I, I would like to get that done. It's just one of these things where I kind of got sidetracked a little bit, but it's not a, like the stuff that I'm missing. It's not super rare stuff. So I can kind of take my time with that. But I definitely want to finish that. Get a Randall Cunningham rookie. That's the one I'm missing for my little kind of PC of his. There's plenty available, but I'm hoping to try to please at least try to get it, get the 10. It's just going to take a little bit. This The guys who have it, they're asking a little bit too much. It's I've I seen a black it. label that you might like. Okay. Well, send it my way and I'll crack it. Yeah. <laughs> the third thing is get a big chunk of my collection graded. I have all these cards and these wonderful one touches I would like to get slabbed up. So I'm looking to do another group submission soon. So I definitely want to get that done. And the last one is to host some type of event at the national. I don't know what it is. I keep talking about it. I'm going to figure it out. It might be on the street in the corner, wherever <laughs> it doesn't, but you know, you know, we, we definitely got to get together with the, the guys from the NCO and see what we can, you know, if they can help us out because they usually yeah, have man. good ideas on how that can work out. Yeah. They, those guys are, uh, they sit up there. They're right next to Mount Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. People's mailman, soon to be grandpappy. What do you got, man? What are you looking forward to right. in 2023? Uh, yeah, I'm going to look to continue building my Allen Iverson collection. That That's a must. You know, I don't have like a, a set checklist, but there's definitely quote unquote grails that I, I definitely want to hit up and get on there. Also, I always talked about building like the biggest super stranger things collection including rare cards you know get some one-on-ones get those autos memorabilia funkos toys it doesn't matter if it says stranger things oz is getting it and i'm gonna dedicate a whole room to that you know for me and my daughter and then um i also had started at the beginning of this year which i kind of fell off was collecting the 86 fleer set uh, but with everything graded in the psa 9 so i have about a quarter of the way there and that's just something i'm just going to continue because it's you know, the, the, the lower level guys, you can get them for cheap. But then once you start getting into, you know, the Barclays and the Lajuans and, of course, the Jordan, things get a little crazy. But now, you know, would be a perfect time to actually get into that PSA 9 Jordan because it's not where it was, right? just say, even six months ago. I love that. All right. So I got a couple as well. Um, the first one, I have not had the guts to say, but I'm going to say it now. I, I am genuinely attempting to become the most prominent Bret Hart collector in the world, at least in the conversation. Now, it, it is possible that I'm already in the conversation. I don't know. But I, I am going to make a real effort 
to uh, acquire man maybe one or two more pieces that would that would make that argument at least plausible um yeah that's a big one i'm not, I'm not big on like trying to plant my flag I don't know, maybe because I get intimidated by the cards like I talked about earlier, but planting the flag. I, I'm going to keep trying to, to to really put together one of the best Bret Hart collections that exist. So that's a big one for me. Now, uh, Tony, you just said something that speaks to my heart, man. I am going to attempt to host, whether it's in person or remotely, a wrestling trade night at the National this year. Um nice. I've talked about this privately to a lot of different wrestling collectors. This is the first time I am saying it publicly. At last year's national, there was a very successful F1 trade night, and it kind of put into my head, why don't we have something for us wrestling collectors? There are a ton of us. Why don't we get together and do this amongst ourselves somewhere? I've started to do a little bit of behind-the-scenes work to figure it out. And again, a lot of the conversations I've had have been super positive. I think that even if I can't make the national, I can help make it happen from a distance. We'll see. I am really hoping to make the national, though, this year as well. So we'll see. So that's a big one is is trying to get a wrestling trade night at the national. I am, you know, this is more content related, but I am going to try to get some more guests on. This is going to be a little... Um, vague i guess i've got some ideas of some guests that i would like to do i feel like in my first year with the podcast i really was figuring out how to get guests and and i've tried to lay some groundwork already although i've been politely declined i think you guys know about one of them already but i i listen i want to hear from people that are on the cards you know i want to hear from some of the folks that are on that side of it and and, and hear their uh their tales from from that side of the hobby that would be really cool so i'm gonna attempt to to sort of grow the show in that way but we'll see and one of the other ones is listen we've talked about it a little bit but I, I can't wait to come to philly and see you guys and do something whether it's hobby related or not but that's how i would like to spend some time in 2023 gentlemen tony oz this was a phenomenal third episode of the faction powered by the NCO. <laughs> Let's go. We'll be back maybe live on New Year's Eve. I don't know. We hinted at it. We'll figure it out. But this was a blast. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you to everybody for listening to the Faction. Peace.